Oh, so it's my turn again. So welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast. Liam's feeling a bit shit today, so he's making me do all the work. So I've decided we're going to talk about Crooked Path in the Dark, our favourite PKTWs. What's all that about, man? What tell me is a PKTW? <laughs> That's your favourite rant, though, isn't it? That's what gets you off the internet. Yeah, what is it, though? I've forgotten. <laughs> a post-Keldon traditional witch. But I don't think that's what we're going to talk about today. I just think that that's where the the, the uh, title has been, you know, bastardised from, is making pointing out all these kind of self-help level witches that seem to be about these days. Ah, the self-help section in Waterstones. Yeah. Another bookshop. The ones that come with three hand mirrors. The crystal bitches. <laughs> so, yeah, so I just... I think the tagline that you wrote for this, Liam, is to do with kind of... Um, do they really know where the path is at all? So these kind of... PKTW books, these books that are kind of written by people that don't have a practice of their own, uh, which is, a, I think, is a broad statement for me to make, but I actually mean that it's, it's cut and paste from somebody else's world. Um, are they actually doing any discovering or are they just following a trodden path that somebody has already walked down a million times? Hmm. I think that this PKTW, like you said, you weren't going to talk about it, but there's still people not understanding what you're talking about. Is this a hashtag or something? Or is it a type of practitioner? I already said it's a post, a post Keldon traditional witch, a PKTW. Well, what is that? A type so of traditional witch, like you have Cochranites and that. Is this a type of tr tr professional? Professional? Uh, is this a type of uh, traditional witch? It's been a very long day today. Clearly. Um, so, yeah, so the what we're talking about is a term that you and your Fausty witches at your local moot came up with. I don't think it's one I... I don't think I was involved. Lady Poison came up with it, I think. Ah, oh, it's a Lady got Poison me term. into trouble because she showed me this book from this traditional witch, we'll call it traditional witch, called <laughs> Keldon, who wrote a book called The Crooked Path, I believe it was. What's it this was. episode called? This is a, a Crooked Path in the Dark. Oh, so it is entirely relevant then. <laughs> yeah, it is relevant. Well, I don't think it's PKTWs we're going to necessarily talk about. I don't um, think they listen to us, if I'm honest. Well, they have listened to us. Do you remember all the shit you got us in? I think they listened to half of it and then wrote yeah, the comments. Yeah, I suppose. So, but yeah, my, my point was more a case of, are we at that point? I was trying to use the PKTWs really as a point in time mm. that we are currently at. And actually, I think you could put most of the witchcraft books that are coming out at the moment in the self-help section of Waterstones or Barnes & Noble or wherever it is that you buy your book, you know, big, big bookstores. 
Um, I'm wondering if it's even as bad. Is it mean if I say they're on par with those adult colouring books that everybody does now? Is 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 that going too far? Uh, I think there you get more use out of an adult colouring book because the thing <laughs> with an adult colouring book, right, is that you kind of, I think, if you're an adult, you feel guilty buying it. You think, you know, I'll put it in. I'll put it in with the shopping at the checkout. But if anyone looks at it, then I'll say, oh, it's for the kids. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, I think with an adult colouring book, it like supposed to chill you out in it with these modern days that we have where people work in the gig economy, have a dozen jobs, not very good at benefits and that. The prices of the fuel and the food and everything's all going up and they need to chill out a little bit. So they do that and unwind by sniffing bath salts and doing adult colouring. <laughs> and I think... Fair play to you. Your life is difficult. Fair play to you. However, with the the books you were discussing earlier, I think that's a little different because I think they think that they're getting something for it. I think with the adult coloring book, the whole thing is that you just calmly color, don't you? It's an escape. Whereas with some of yeah, this stuff, I mindfulness, books, isn't it? Some of these books are more like scams in that they're trying to convince you that if you buy it, you'll get some actual quality magical knowledge and such but they just do not deliver upon it. But you did highlight something earlier about a certain black thorn, didn't you? A thorn <laughs> in the side of all those that take magical practice seriously, where we thought that some of these books that came out in the 90s and such that watered, watered down, already watered down practices, watered them down even more. It could not get no worse than that. However, now we have reached the age of AI, which is yeah. a legitimate thing on the wikipedia we had the age of social media and the age of ai is coming now mm -hmm. um apparently it's gotten even worse it's literally getting worse because yeah. the ais are rewriting the wick wiccan witchcraft books and such now so with these people that are no doubt listening that are stumbling around in the dark trying to find actual genuine knowledge and they can't be bothered to buy it blavatsky's entire works not that it would really get you very far. It would give you a fucking headache. It's kind of like gonna... when you look at a mountain <laughs> and you think, oh, I'd like the idea of climbing it, but I probably wouldn't even get it to the first base camp. It's like that when you look at those fucking massive stacks of ISIS unveiled or something. I'm going to say, Bravatsky <laughs> makes the best use for that is as a doorstop. When you try to move, when you're moving house and you need to keep a door open in order to get get the furniture through the door, Bravatsky is probably the perfect weight. Um, Legitimately, when I had the, the cabinet, the door used to swing open and I put uh, Isis Unveiled in the Sacred Doctrine. So that's four basically volumes, all like a thousand pages at least long. Um all on top of each other to stop it from going like opening and stuff like that wow. so yes psychic psychic the psychic mm. senses are a tingling are they i only had to mention her and, and my my chakras opened that third mm. eye was pulsing <laughs> <laughs> you've been on that bellamy website <laughs> put your third eye away chris <laughs> 
be thankful, kids, that you cannot see it. <laughs> so there is that there is that kind of part where we've gone to the opposite end from Bravatsky. I think that's actually I know we did that as tongue in cheek, but actually that's a good place to start in the sense that that is when people actually put effort into writing occult works. Um, and I think that's probably the all I can picture is, you know, that eye of Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're, you're awful. This is what happens when you take control of the situation and host. You did the intro and now well, it's all this, gone this is why This is why the Faustius one is not allowed to be the one in control on No Holds Barred. Otherwise, it gets Fausty. That's what happens. But you were convinced that it needed to be me in control today, and you don't—you know it's a bad idea. I've just spent two days with hippies. Like I am all ready to be as fausty as possible today. It's probably not a good idea that we're Ooh. we're sat talking about it. Didn't you educate those said hippies, though? I, I did a little bit of educating. Because there are they stumbling around in the dark. They won't know about the PKTW books. They only know no, about... They won't know about the PKTWs. But if they start searching me on the internet, they might find this. And this is the wrong side of the the naughty zone um, in order to start talking about people that I actually work with. So let's not Can you do, do it that. In the naughty zone later. <laughs> Maybe. I'll think about it. Okay. All right. I'll if you can make, you. if you can find a way to make it relevant, Liam. Uh, I've got another twenty minutes to find one. <laughs> so, so yeah, kind of. So, stumbling around in the dark, Liam, like, and you know, tripping over Bravatsky, um, is is that kind of where that point is? Is am I being unfair by saying that's kind of where we are, like? Because I can't, I struggle, as you well know, to consider any of the kind of writing that's out there currently um, in that kind of magical field I struggle with. Um, the only things that I'm seeing that I really like is happening in the world of kind of magical botany. Is that fair oh. in saying? So like actually the only interesting stuff I'm seeing really is kind of that um, poison path way kind of stuff but even that has got a load of trash around it but there were really mm. good books available that have been written recently yeah but chris the one saving grace with that whole poison plant path and that is that when they get a shit book and they get it wrong they often die yeah i suppose whereas with the light worky shit and the chakra bollocks they often do eventually because yeah. a Brandine diabetes eventually gets them, I get. She bought the crystal to make the tumor go down, but it just the tumor ended up growing. Mm. You know, so I don't know. Stumbling around in the dark, basically, I suppose what we're really focusing on are are, are we focusing on the people that want to learn, or are we focusing on the people that don't want to learn? Because the mundanes are the ones that don't really want to learn, are they? So are we talking about people that actually want to further their magical development and such? Because I have sympathy for such people to a certain extent. But how much of it you would blame 
on the individual how much you would blame on their circumstances and not bringing in the schooling system and something because there's something to be said for that yeah and I, I know i know in the past we've already you know many a times we've defended people on the basis that you know it's not their fault they live in the americas it's not their fault you know labor and conservatives have completely fucked over the the um education system over the last 30 years like you know i i think we can make those kind of excuses but we are equally in the age of the internet and i think if you were to apply a rule of thumb of being common sense um and try and i know common sense is no longer common or sensical anymore but the mm. you know you read the same thing 10 times in the books you've just bought 10 times and you're going well they can't all surely be repeating the same exact sentences from Cunningham because they're quoting him are they that what's in that new what's in that new book what is in that new book and why have they bothered because I just think they're printing toilet paper but yeah, I thought that we were supposed to be looking down on wasting trees these days. I know. But the thing is, you can get them as ebooks now, can't you? Yeah, for a pound. Yeah. With a book. Sometimes they're free. If you get asked to review them, they're often free. <laughs> <laughs> we get asked to review them, don't we, Chris? They still go ahead and fucking print them, though, don't they? Yeah. We give our opinion. Okay, so where do you want to go with this then? So someone's stumbling around in the dark. They're presumably they've tried a couple of things. I mean, I don't know whether to give advice or not. We've put out a lot of content and stuff before. I mean, people stick to specific things that they're trying to manifest. So I want a little bit of money. I want to find a man or a woman or whatever. Or I want to deal with this health issue for this person I care about. Or, oh, I want to learn psychic development on that. And, you know, we've got a tarot course and stuff. There's lots of lots of lots of stuff that, that goes on with people that are teaching classes and stuff like that. And Yanka was talking about teaching a magical class or something at a witchcraft shop over in the United States. You yeah. know, there are people that are legitimately teaching and such about, but where are we focusing our time? We've got 15 minutes left of the regular edition of this podcast. What best to fill that 15 minutes with, basically? Well, well I, I think potentially let's go against character and for 15 minutes try and be helpful in oh. the sense of kind of is is there a formula for kind of getting through those first of kind of I don't know is there a formula for bullshit detection or some kind of way that somebody that knows absolutely nothing yeah about witchcraft yeah can it's like cooking you need to understand cooking right there'll be a bunch of people that do not understand cooking so first thing we need to understand is from different intelligence and age ranges and such like that because if you are a child like a four or five year old you can't really trust them in the kitchen on their own there's sharp knives there's an oven and cooker and stuff like that in that level that's the level that we often think that they're so fucking inept 
they're a danger to themselves and others and that they're actually at that point stupid and children are stupid that's why we make them go to school isn't it right <laughs> however there are also adults that are in have the same capacity when talking about magic and such which i'm not necessarily talking about people with learning difficulties and such like that i'm talking about the common sense thing i think that you were talking about so for example a lack of actually any sort of intelligence when it comes to researching or thinking about what you're doing like these people that get told oh i know i've got this problem deterra or young living or whatever on their website it says that this essential oil is just going to make my cancer go away and i trust it because i don't trust big pharma and an mlm whatever that means surely must have my, only my best intentions <laughs> at heart this is the level of stupidity that we generally all look down on and find very very tiring but it does need addressing to a certain extent but how do you address teaching a child how to cook they need permanent proper supervision don't they you can't just give them a cookbook they actually need a teacher or a, like a teacher's assistant or whatever fucking watching them and on top of that you don't give them chef's knives and that you give them the little plastic knives or do all the cutting up for them and that they just add all of the stuff in the brownie mix and mix it around you know the cooker yeah. the, the teacher does the cutting part or any of the actual cooking part and taking the, the hot tray out of the oven with all the muffins in that what the teacher does in it so at that point if you're that in it do you need constant permanent supervision however the next step on top of that are people like teenagers and that which you thought you should have a certain amount of common sense because you know an oven's hot and you know not to touch it and yet you leave them to their own devices that haven't been taught to cook but have attended school and such like that you leave the students and that that go away to university and have to fend for themselves for the first time some of those people they can't cook they don't even know how to do rice do they right so at that stage there's intelligence there but there's something not quite right why can't they cook rice those people are find a youtube video on that which mm. i think could possibly get them through it a lot of them however at that point i think it's that um level of research so when it comes to people you know finding really untrustworthy resources which is a massive problem in lots of industries these days health and fitness is one i understand and is absolutely terrible because of the way the algorithms work you get the ones that target complete fucking idiots and give them really yeah. shitty information about stuff whereas you know when it comes to magic and stuff like that that's someone the equivalent of someone watching to witch talk on that TikTok thing or mm. going on a Facebook or maybe getting one book. There's no real depth of research there. There's no real variety. And that could be the equivalent of, yes, this is safe to ingest or this is not safe to ingest. And you and I have both seen some crazy ass stuff in some of these witchcraft books with regards to herbalism and stuff that's like really legitimately dangerous yeah so but at the it's same time they would do the research yeah they would say they've done the research because they've bought a book and they bought it from a proper publishing company therefore it must be legit okay but that's not the case also so that's also not good enough that level is not good enough and the next level is the people that are really what did they go on some sort of cookery course or something like that not everyone can afford to do that not everyone wants to do that but no but i think level 
that level is about people that are genuinely investing time and resource, yeah. aren't they, mm. into learning? Yeah. So I think that it's really, really simple. First, learn how to make toast. Then you can learn how to make beans on toast. And then after that, we'll teach you how to do a club sandwich. But you use the pre-cooked meat because you can't be trusted with cross-contaminating as of yet, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's logical at the end of the day. But think about just something like that. If you went from just taking toast to using a toaster, which is quite safe as long as you don't fucking stick a knife in it like some idiot still, um, and then you take that to add in different types of, you know, different toaster wheelies, your jams and your marmalades and all that, and then beans on toast and that, and then we evolve that into a club sandwich, which has got lettuce and vegetables and fruits potentially in it cheese all sorts of stuff in it and then we go on and make it more complicated by saying okay we're going to make the club sandwich but we're going to do a grilled chicken sandwich but you're going to have to grill the chicken now you've never yeah. touched uncooked cook meat before but you're going to have to do it for the first time that's all of a sudden something big i think is a big change because if you learn that skill you're learning how to use the grill so I think it's entirely logical, but the steps aren't there. Also, notice that I'm just sticking with bread-based sandwich things. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, this is all what is described in a lot of, even in these kind of beginner's books, mm. they throw kind of just a spattering of mm. different subjects with no mm. background, no context. Mm. And they just kind of, it's like picking up a cookery book that's written by a master chef. Mm. that actually doesn't even have pictures mm. um, yeah. because no one's actually thought about how the person's receiving the information. No, they don't know how to dice an onion. No, but it tells you to dice one. <laughs> mm. And they don't know, is it a red onion? That kind of looks purple. I couldn't find <laughs> a red onion, but I could find like a kind of tinged whitey one. But also there's that one that is more of a purple one, but they were out of red onions, you see, Chris. <laughs> So I bought one of each. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the level that we normally would find most people at, isn't it? It's the point where they're starting to, for the first time in their life, they want to they wanna grill a chicken breast. And they'll either fucking burn it, or they'll char, they'll char grill the outside and the inside won't be cooked. That's what we help people do. Yeah. cook a chicken breast for the first time that's really important but notice we are again like i said and you were saying we're sticking to just the sandwiches which that's the difference between just running out and trying everything oh i'm going to try terror or oh, i'm going to try run, uh learning rooms or oh, i'm going to try doing a candle spell or oh, i'm going to try doing a uh such and such spells like no stick to some simple things and perfect it you perfect a recipe at that point you perfect your sandwich making that's what we need to do. People need to focus on perfecting their sandwich making. And we need to be much like the Gordon Ramsley of the magical world. We say, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And shout at them, don't we? Get we out of my fucking kitchen. Yeah. Go clean yourself up, you slag. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the, I, I kind of can't let that bit slip without kind of throwing in the chaos magic. Um, and why we constantly have to remind people who ask us stupid questions about chaos magic on the basis of not understanding what chaos magic was supposed to be about. Yeah, It's about taking a, a form 
and mm. taking it through to an end result mm. in one particular process, then kind of re re uh, regrouping, go, okay, I'm going to try it this way instead this time. And it's mm. actually very much organized chaos in that sense of kind of going, actually, I'm going to get fully, you know, balls to the wall, fully invest everything in this one minute part of of uh, of magic whereas most people think of it as it's like the eclectic but they just know, think I, sigil magic for fuck's sake yeah well those two but mm. i mean the ones that don't think it's just sigil magic who go around and just go well i can i can take a pinch of that and a pinch of that and a pinch of that they're the same group that would go and read one of these bad poison path books um and end up accidentally killing themselves mm. Because they wouldn't cross-reference and they wouldn't actually consider that there might not be everything that's in there is actually <laughs> tested or or actually, you know, backed up with any kind of practice. Well, read the fucking disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Which normally you'll say something along the lines of, I'm not a botanist. I'm not a biologist. I have I've never done any of the things I'm writing in this book. This book is yeah. for uneducating people only. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do is uneducate rather than educate. Yeah. Let's be fucking fair. Uh, we got five minutes left. I see one. Anything you want to get off your chest? So, well, I'm, I'm trying to behave just for the, a few more minutes before we get to the naughty zone. Um, is is kind of you've point you've pointed out there quite succinctly in the one of those beautiful ways that you do um kind of breaking down that you don't have to be a master of everything at day one mm. like it is fine for you to go down a a crooked path <laughs> um kind of not really knowing where you're going but you've got your eyes open you're paying attention and you're picking up and learning as much as you can along that road. Then you get to a new crossroads and you get to kind of go, actually, well, I can either keep going down this path that I seem to already be on or I can diverge and try something else. But I've learned enough on the journey to this checkpoint that kind of goes, actually, I can now apply that enough to try something different. Um, mm. Whereas I think a lot of people particularly they're you know they've got that kind of pick a mix kind of kid in a candy shop kind mm. of approach to magic oh i want a bit of that and i want a bit of that and i want a bit of that they're not in any way shape or form related they've not mm. had a conversation with anybody to find out if they're even connected whatsoever they just they go purely on that kind of their eyes are bigger than their stomachs you know then they're, they're looking around trying to keep to that food analogy liam eyes bigger than their stomachs are kind of going i want everything that's on the buffet mm. everything in the candy shop i'm not going to i'm not going to just pick something i know i'm going to enjoy or something new to try i want all the things i've ever liked and i'm going to eat them all at once what do you think of food critics that don't and can't cook themselves Oh. It's tricky. It's tricky. 
I is think there a magical equivalent? <laughs> <laughs> um, is that the armchair magician, perhaps? I suspect it probably would be the armchair magician because you know when you go on these magical forums and such on Reddit and that that is the which the map maker is a big fan of Reddit these days from the posts that yes. we've been getting sent. Um, is the armchair magicians that don't do anything that get very very angry and slate other people's practices and such it seems. But I just wondering it just popped in my mind so I thought I'd blur it out because what could be the problem you know. What could go possibly wrong? <laughs> no, there's a there's a part there's a part of me that kind of says with the food critic, that's someone who can potentially you would hope that they've tasted a lot of different foods. Mm. So at that point, you're kind of going actually, you'd hope they'd got a decent palate to go. So there's someone who you'd want to know the best restaurant to go. But you wouldn't learn where how to cook from them, would you? No. Because they don't actually know how to. So I think the same with the kind of armchair magician. They have that moment of going, oh, well, I read this really good book. They could make you a good recommendation, but they're mm. not going to actually be able to teach you any magic. Mm. So you definitely wouldn't go to the armchair magician for for any tuition. Right. That is it for the regular edition of the No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast. You can listen to the extended edition, I believe, on our new Thoth Witchcraft app. Oh, he's plugging the app, guys. He's plugging the app. Now, there's a couple of things, right, going back. So we've got the food critic who does not cook themselves. We've got Simon Cowell, who is a judge on the X Factors and has a recording label and stuff, but that you cannot sing himself mm-hmm. by his own admission right and then you've got things like um is it the BAFTAs or the Oscars or something like that where they often do give really high you know accolades and awards to actors actresses or films that are actually a pile of shit and that no one cares about sometimes they get a good one like Titanic other times no it's absolutely woke poli- political bullshit right uh so there's three different things right and I think there is potential for us to forget how this might actually get be mirrored in the magical world and such, because there's a general consensus in the occult world. It's kind of a misnomer or something, isn't it, really? Because there isn't a fucking general consensus at all. No. There's a bunch of people that yeah. just go on and on about how they fucking hate each other and that. But they'll hide. They'll, you know, one person will say, oh, Alistair Crowley is a great magician and he's really famous and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, he is quite famous, but there's a lot of fucking really cool occultists that think he's a fucking idiot. You know, it's more like <laughs> yeah. you can even say like some of the best practitioners that are famous and that that are actually any necessarily any good. Um, but no, it has got me thinking like, what is it that you trust, what you don't trust, what it is that people can navigate? Because if you before you go into a restaurant and that, you might look at the reviews. But I care more about people that I know and what they think yeah. because I know what their taste buds are. Tina, for example, she's a fucking food snob. I know that if she likes somewhere, it'll be fucking bang on, you know? Yeah. But I know that from personal experience. Some random food person, I don't know what's up with that. If there's lots of people complaining about some hotel because when they're looking at the bed, there's things hopping off of it, I'd probably say, no, this is probably not a very good idea not to go there. But at the same time, it could be fake reviews. 
someone yeah, try yeah. to trash someone's business you don't know do you you've got to take a chance to a certain extent again going back to the ai part there are yeah. so many bots now that yeah. you're going around kind of creating good good and bad hype for mm. various different things i don't understand why anybody does anything without experience these days um kind of you know going and choosing the right place to go and eat the same way when it comes to kind of magical uh, consumption of of what's available out there um i kind of feel like you know you've got to try things to find out what you like i think everybody has to start there yeah but this is the problem isn't it because people try things once so for example the first time i tried a steak i think was it a weatherspoons I wouldn't not a place to like, try a not a place no, 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 to try no, no, a steak. No, don't do that. It, and I I always say now if I'm going to try something that I think is a little dodgy or off or like that I wouldn't like, I always try at a really high end restaurant because I know that they'll cook it how it's supposed to be cooked. Mm-hmm. You know. Whereas I would say if I like that, then I'll try the next step down and such. People when they try things, they try the things once. These people that try one candle spell and it don't fucking work or it manifests incorrectly or too slow or whatever but they don't go back and try it again or when they do oh what about that person that oh i can't even say because of gdpr i should imagine <laughs> that person that was surrounded themselves with just ridiculous amounts of oils and stuff they bought from witchcraft shops literally must have spent thousands upon thousands of dollars and then did the same charm bag over and over and over again it's like that sort of shit it's like seriously i don't know what's going through people's minds with regards to that sort of stuff it's like what it did to me i would never imagine doing that so i struggle to understand people's thought process with that but where does the thought process come from i I think i think nowadays it's tricky because we live in the world of the kind of celebrity don't we so or the influencer like you know, everything is reliant on having some kind of sponsorship by somebody who is literally paid to sell shit that they don't yeah. necessarily even have to believe in um, mm. because they're being paid to do it. So, you know, in that kind of capitalist way, um, there is that kind of um, unnecessary focus on, well, if three million people have said they like it, by pressing the little like button that clearly means that that thing must be good um mm. you know and you just kind of like okay is that your only point of reference so because obviously not everybody's got the resource liam to go and try a high-end steak to find out what a high-end steak tastes like so you've got an idea of what one looks like if they mentioned be... a simple money spell they would <laughs> but my point my point is the stake is is that is that for is that kind of high quality spell so mm. you know in this situation you're talking about actually going well i may not have the i may not have that access so what's the alternative i can't necessarily go and try a really expensive steak so i'm gonna have to i've either got to ask people if i know people that like eating steak um those would be my next best wouldn't they they'd be you know uh, finding people that like to eat steak who which you trust their opinion Mm. um or you've got the other end which is you go well okay i can't 
I can't enjoy it myself, but I've got a friend who likes to cook. They're going, they're going to cook steak the way that they like it. Mm. So, you know, you've got two kinds of recommendation there. And the backup is you could go and read about it. You know, it's you could go and actually read cookbooks and, and kind of um, cooking shows and things like that and kind of immerse yourself in that process if you really wanted to learn how to cook the perfect steak yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have no point of reference for the actual how good the steak was, but you might have an, an educated guess based yes. on the fact that you've gathered all that information up. Is there anything in your life that you've found difficult to navigate? Because obviously the equivalent of, obviously you've found magical practice to navigate, uh, navigating magical practice you've found quite easy and natural, but is there things that you've found really difficult to navigate in your life that you could kind of compare? Oh, I'm sure there are. What kind of comes to mind? Um, there are things I avoid just because mm. I naturally dislike, but that's not what you're asking for. You're asking mm. things that I would like to do um, that I actually am not very good at. Yeah. I, suppose, I suppose one that for me would be to say a subsection of something I am good at. So I mm. love drawing mm. um, and I've always enjoyed and I'm very good at it. But I always had a fear that came around portraiture. So oh. actually drawing people. Um, and I tried the obvious way, which was, well, if I, I can learn how to do the individual parts well, maybe mm. when I bring them together, they'll work. Um, and it doesn't matter how many books I read, mm. I can't invest enough time into getting good enough, my opinion. Mm. And I think for me, that will always be that part of, well, I'm, I just avoid it. Mm. I'm not very good at that, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm. Um, but I know that I could have gone and spoken and I and I have in the past spoken to lots of people who draw her really good at drawing portraiture um and they kind of go now it's easy you can do it like keep going like they're saying all the right things but actually ultimately I'm not interested enough to follow it all the way I'm sure if I'd have invested the same amount of time as I have of I don't know, drawing animals or landscapes or whatever it is I'm good at. Um, I'd have eventually got to that point where I was good at it. And I think it kind of comes down to that. I've had one bad candle spell. So Mm. I've decided I'm not doing candle spells anymore. Mm. Um, I would like to say that I've attempted the candle spell in this Mm. way, portraiture enough times to know I'm not, I don't have natural talent in it. Um, I would have to really effortly try, you know, try really hard um, in order to actually make that work. I I have opted for just not doing that uh, and accepting there are lots of people out there that are very good at it. I'm not one of them. Caricatures would probably be the safest option, wouldn't they? Because it doesn't have no. to be. No, like for no. me, caricature is like the, in some ways like up there with really oh. good drawing of p portraiture because oh. you need to know how to exaggerate what is there proportionally yeah. so you mm. are exaggerating something that i can't already do which is the por- is the proportion oh see i was really good at, at um 
caricatureth. I was at school, it was like my best thing. Like people would get me to do caricatures and stuff like that of them. I used to do them in the style of Brett Halquist, which you can Google if you don't know who he is. He used to illustrate the unfortunate events books, but they were really, really cool. And it's like all the exaggerated noses and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought that that was quite good, but I couldn't do like normal portraits. Uh, because there would always be too much of an exaggeration on something. It's kind of like one of those people with Tourette's. My drawing of people is essentially artistic Tourette's because I try not to give the person with a big nose a big nose, but I end up making it twice the size, you see. Yeah. So if there's something that I I see and I'm like, oh, mole, 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 then it will be like a fucking yeah. <laughs> massive like, part, of, part of it. Uh, but there we go. So I have something which I found difficult to navigate. So the equivalent from a magical perspective of the first people that are trying to navigate magic, because I see with people that have an interest in magic, but they're kind of always on the periphery of it. They see it maybe with friends, family, other people, psychics at the psychic fair that are able to see spirits and all that sort of thing or read the future and that but they themselves can't do it. Or you see, they see religion or something like that, where they do some sort of, I don't know, Yahweh worship or what looks like spells with candles and incense and all that sort of thing, but they still don't fully understand what's going on in that. Um, and they try it and it don't work very well. And they think maybe I just haven't got the gift, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's always been wine because wine's like this big thing, right? It, like throughout the entire world, wine is a huge, 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 huge thing. And it's super fucking complicated, but at the same time it's kind of simple because it's a drink and you drink it or potentially cook with it. But it's made so fucking complicated by everyone that's in the industry that has anything to do with wine. Because they always go on about, even like a wine list, it's like, no, none of this written in English. I don't understand what it meant. And something or say like a fruity with a hint of smoky twist or something like that. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, come on. I mean, you can't judge it by a menu. You've got to pick one on the menu. You can't pronounce it. I feel like, what the fuck is all of this? But then at the same time, if you want, if you want to be daring and you say, okay, I'm not going to order in a restaurant because they'll be praying too much for it and I won't be able to tell the waiter or waitress why it is. I'll just have to point to it on a menu like a pleb, right? But then I could go to the supermarket. But then at the supermarket, there's literally multiple aisles of it. And there <laughs> seems to be a number of different types, you know, a magical trinity of white, red, and rosé, okay? <laughs> and there's some of the sparkling -y kind of shit. And then there's the stuff that if you were to dare to take it to the checkout, people would judge you for it, like Buck Spears or, you know, Prosecco. <laughs> or something like that they'll either think you're trashy or poor or basically that's the same thing as saying both for it isn't it a lot of the time uh but there's fake wines like you know lambrisco and such you know <laughs> they're not they're not wines and sparkling perries everyone that's on the inn judges you they know that if you pick up a prosecco you're pretending to be middle class <laughs> but you wouldn't know that because you think Prosecco is an important, proper, what is it? Is it a brand? Is it a type of drink? I don't fucking know. It just says Prosecco and that's what apparently people have at weddings and shit, you know? <laughs> we know that Tequila on the bus stop drinks Lambrisco. What the fuck is that? 
well, it's a sparkling Perry, sparkling shit is why it is. But well, there, no, well, actually, a sparkling Perry is closer to a cider than it is a wine. Oh, and you can but actually then... have a spark in in this country. You could have a sparkling Perry with mm. your dinner at a restaurant from the age of twelve. Yeah. Um. At the same time, obviously, you have to know what wine pairs with what you're eating as well, because you can't, or you'll be judged, because if you order a dessert wine, for example, with your main course, that's a big no-no, you know, <laughs> and at the same time, if you don't drink red wine, then people will also judge you, because you're like, oh, it's like people that drink that commercial, like, Thatcher cider instead of, like, the proper dodgy shit that's made in a bathtub out in Somerset. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I kind of feel the same in this kind of woke world yeah. about um, about ales. Oh, yeah. Because I don't like how they taste, which is probably the next thing you're going to say is mm. I, I've never tasted, you've probably never tasted enough good wine to enjoy oh, I wine. I have. But the problem is, is none of the books I read on wine were ever able to help me with my wine. People, like, from a young age, like, mum would say, all right, have a little swig. If you want a little swig, get a little glass of it to taste it. And it would taste like like nail polish remover. You'd be like, oh, my gosh, how can you taste that? I don't like it. I don't like it, you know. And other people would say, oh, but I've got such a nice wine. You're going to like this, Liam. Try this. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that tastes like piss. The main thing is that you need to go on some sort of wine tasting but have enough of a, a basic understanding to know what a white wine is, what a red wine is, so that I know that a Savion Blanc, I can drink that. I won't think that it's really nice, but pretty much any of that I can drink. So that would be like a safe drink. It's taken me about many years to now find one brand which I can have any of the stuff that they produce and I know that I'll be able to drink it. And that, was 19 crimes it was oh, interesting okay. what got me was the branding because i really like the brand and the fact that they put convicts and such on every bottle and that you have to go on their website and find out who's on your bottle type thing i thought that was very clever uh but it comes in a black bottle as well so i used the bottle afterwards i got one here for a spell cast and then mark but i've tried that i took a chance I and i liked it i don't like their whites their reds mm. are okay but their whites are shit See, there's the only red wine that I can drink. They've got one that's like made in coffee barrels and stuff like that, which is quite interesting. But it is quite, it was all about the branding is why I picked it. I like the branding. And most of the time, whenever I've tried the wines, it's been like, right, I know that it might end up going down the drink, drain or I'm going to put in a spaghetti bolognese. So I better like the bottle and be able to use the bottle afterwards, which is basically how I started to learn wine. Um... But yeah, so that you're, would be my equivalent good... of navigating, my equivalent yeah. of navigating the magical world. Yeah, but you're a sucker for good branding, though, aren't you? I am. I love it. So, which I think is partly the problem with the PKTWs, is mm. they've got a nice, you know, it's got the crooked path has got a beautiful cover. The Stang um, Gang. The Stang Gang. <laughs> the Stang Gang. So, but it's got a beautiful cover, and actually, the insides of the book are designed really nice with all these woodcut drawings. 
um you know and you just kind of you can see why somebody would go like oh actually someone's made some effort here like this is going to be really good mm. um and you know i don't need to uh, you know people can go and watch your rant if they really want to see how we both feel about it um but ultimately you know there is that kind of we've got to the point where in life where we judge things often on how good they're packaged Mm. and what the packaging looks like and we fall for it left you know hook line and sinker like every time because someone's been able to get a, a better looking version of it but what they don't seem to see is you can't polish a turd like they are all shit um just because yeah. the packaging is better doesn't mean necessarily it's got a better product inside. And, you know, I've said many a times, as we both have on here, like, you know, I'm not judging people that start somewhere. But after you've read the 10th book mm. that all sounded the same, common sense tells you there is something more than this, surely? No, you because that's the opposite. What they say is, ah, I see the same thing repeated, therefore it must be right. <laughs> that must be the extent of all magical practice, because it's yeah. in every book I've read now, and it never goes any further. That's, that's, that's a, I think, a big problem. See, see, my logic doesn't work that way, because you have the entire history of the human <laughs> human existence. Magic has been a part of it for most of it, you know, superstition magic ritual whatever you want to call it has been part of the human experience almost entirely since we discovered fire like do you know what i mean like every part of the process now obviously we call half of it science um but and and the the other half of it magic but at, at some point in his so you are telling me that you have read 10 very simple books that have all told you that you need to own uh, a dagger, uh, a knife, um, and, a, and a cauldron is not going to be um, realistic enough for you to understand what's going on. Like, mm. do you get what I mean? Yeah. There, there's something else, actually, that I don't know if... We, well, we've probably discussed it before, but it's something that I think is quite fundamental. And that's... Uh, when people take the piss out of stupid questions that often get asked some of these questions you could say well no questions stupid if it's an honest question some people will get very upset with when you ask a question that google could literally answer so it shows like a really little interest in the subject or no attempt to actually answer the question yourself but this particular thing is when people ask questions that Google can answer really, really simply, but things that actually it's more like you should have tried it. So can I use the smoky quartz crystal instead of the clear quartz crystal? So with that, there's a couple of ways in which you could approach that in terms of a person you know, answering that question. One person could say, 
try it another person can say you know this is my opinion on it when i've done this versus with the smoky crotch crystal and all that sort of thing other people might have other biases of you know that was really bad for the environment and for you've just been shortchanged ridiculously when you could have literally just gone for a walk two minutes down the road and got a rock type thing but the first thing that kind of gets me is actually the thought process of why would you first ask someone else like there is something really there that people need to think about why is your first port of call to ask someone else whether you know them or not why is it that you're asking another person their opinion worse when you're asking someone that you don't even know like some community forum or something like that um uh what is it that they call it not reddit what's that one where you ask questions Oh, I forgot. Uh, yeah, that's it. Why, why are you putting that on Quora? Why aren't you doing the same work with both crystals and then comparing and contrasting yourself? Why is it you're unwilling to experiment and that you just want to be given the answer? Is that because that's never occurred to you? Or is that some sort of programming because there must be a right answer and therefore I can save myself time? by getting the right answer from other people i don't really know but my that i think there is a danger with the thought processes of a practitioner which is i just want to get everything right from day one or i just want to save as much time as possible by you answering all of these questions when i could simply learn for myself and i don't know i don't know how i feel about this i mean it irks me when it's a question that kind of is stupid and pisses me off or it irks me when I get asked the same question repeatedly and there's been little to no effort to find it out but I mean there's this idea of why is it that we have to ask other people rather than just do some experiments ourselves and such because surely that would make more sense now I think part of it goes back to what we talk about about kind of curriculum Mm. And this idea that anything that you want to learn can be reduced down into a beginner's course. Yeah. Um, so I think part of it is that, that it's it's how we're used to consuming information. Mm. Um, I think the other part is nobody trusts themselves mm. because everybody's terrified of being stupid. Mm. But again, like you say, they're still not scared enough of being stupid in mm. order to ask a stupid question. Like, now, bear in mind, I'm struggling with this in the sense that I frequently tell people there is no such thing as a stupid a stupid question. Yeah. But the only question I don't like is, mm. like you say, one that someone hasn't given any thought to. Because mm. to me, and I think your example's great, that kind of, colored quartz like surely you understand the ingredient you only have to look in one of these books to look across the formula so to me you're going to in any book that you've got that's got a spell section in is going to have at least 10 in there isn't it like i don't think i've ever come across as as a book that's got a spells section that mm. doesn't have at least 10 permutations in it so you only have to look at that, right, to look across those 10 
to see the similarities in the for what the base formula of yeah. that particular thing's craft is like whereas for me i think that's that's the problem is they don't just want to be told how they don't even want to work out the answer at the end so they actually want you to still give them the answer to confirm their learning mm, it's that uh, kind of it's that dog treat part isn't right. it well i did this i did the somersault now give me the treat and i think for some for some parts it's that it's even at the end of it the knowledge isn't enough mm. or or the challenge itself of get, getting the real knowledge those golden mm. nuggets isn't enough to interest them mm. like they, I, d I don't know if it's the way in which we're taught is how we're then used to kind of how our brains process serotonin or dopamine like i don't know if part of it is that it's that kind of treat response mm. of you're a good boy he's a sweetie mm. um or if it's just we've stopped thinking yeah we have well, we live in a world where everything is so automated um and getting more and more automated all the time that mm. we've forgotten what these uh, you know what our hands do mm. we've forgotten what you know we like how many times have we had to say to a student okay well what can you hear mm. what did you see like you saw something otherwise mm. we wouldn't be having this conversation or mm. you felt something how did you feel like mm. the observation part which we take for granted like as going well of course you start with observation yeah like all of these experiences start with watching either mm. someone else doing it or reading a diagram or looking at a recipe all of them have a a system that you're looking at but no one tries to figure out what the system is yeah they get to the end of the book and they go oh okay well i i know how to do a i know how to do a, a love spell now but i need to buy mm. the book on money spells yeah because clearly they're different and someone will go out there and buy 20 books that all technically tell them the same information if you were to take the kind of reductive scientific method of going okay well if i if i stop looking at these as rosemary rose quartz um and an essential uh, you know patchouli essential oil are kind of going oh okay though so they in all these four spells that don't involve candles they've got an essential oil in mm. so what's the essential oil doing differently to the candle you know or like you know all of these have got roughly about three dry ingredients and two wet ones like the same way that anybody that wants to learn about cooking yeah would read a book and go okay all the book all the books all the recipes to do with bread um have yeast in them yeah there must be something about yeast that that is ne necessary for bread like do you know what i mean like mm -hmm. nobody's actually going and thinking through the process of going okay what are the what is what do all of these things have in common mm. like bearing in mind i don't know about you but i remember going back to the kind of adult coloring book huh. 
how much time when we were little did we spend doing things like dot to dots um, mm. find the differences all of those little puzzles that word searches and crosswords you spent all that time navigating the world learning about there are puzzles to be solved and none of them look for the puzzles mm. so, anyway that was my rant it doesn't look good for our box offerings mind chris look <laughs> our, box, our box off range has a formula and yeah. is designed in that way but also is random so the mm, box they don't necessarily know what they're getting the ingredients um, are random but the procedures are the same it's just yeah. the procedure is uh or spells and uh formulas basically have an emphasis on a specific thing whether it's love or money or what have you but you can translate yeah. that if you understand the formula however the problem is is that if you got bought a spell kit or something like that and it came with some i don't know wild orange essential oil, the next thing is i ran out of wild orange essential oil, so i can't use it yeah or oh i don't have an essential oil but would i be able to use i don't know i could get an orange and just use orange juice is that acceptable or would that not work or oh I have some bergamot. I think that's part of the citrus family. Maybe I can change that. The issue I think I have with it is that they then go and they don't do it. They go and ask you. They, yeah. Can I go and do that instead? It's like, no, you should literally have gone and fucking tried it. You yeah. know, why are you asking me? It's one of the things that I've had with regards to this, the quartz crystal thing example that I gave earlier was the whole mentoring thing, which is like, okay liam we need we okay mentoring but i need you to actually answer the question i need you to actually answer the question this time please liam just actually answer the question should i use the rose quartz so should i use the smoky quartz crystal or should i use the clear quartz crystal i need you to answer the question this time okay and i say something along the lines of well to me a clear quartz crystal is kind of like a glass and a smoky quartz crystal is kind of like a glass that comes with a lid. <laughs> and I'll say something like that, which makes complete sense to me. Yeah. However, it does make sense, but you have to have actually used both of them. Because yeah. you talk about asking, oh, you know, mark my work, mark my work. Well, that I'm giving them the answer without giving them the answer. Because when they go away and use it, they'd be like, Oh fuck, I really understand what he said there, but it made no sense before. But that's proved by using it and doing the extra work, which I do a lot of, as mentees will probably know. I will give them the answer. What I give them is kind of signposts, which actually is something that when they have the right answer eventually, they instantaneously know, ah, Liam agrees with me. But there we go. I think, is that it for this edition? I think that's it for this edition. Oh, I wonder Goodbye, if they everyone. Got...